Good. It's great to be here. All you, you women, I was going to single women, but not single. You're just husbandless. So, you know, it's got to be careful there. Uh, gosh, I, I, I want to say thank you, first of all. Um, I planted a church. I've planted a number of churches, and the last one that I planted uh, was two, a couple months ago, and it's right here on Saturday nights. So I, I love the heart of your, your, your elders and your pastor, Pastor Lee. It is I, my side gig, my side gig. I've got I, I, I pastor a church, but I also have a ministry called Mission OC. And Mission OC is, uh, was birthed out of, out of this, this question, how do you reach 3.2 million people? Orange County is 3.2 million people. And it's, it, you know, when we look at the numbers, it's not happening. So myself and another guy, it, it, here's the answer in what we do. We get churches to work together. Here's the reality. There's only one church, period. It's not this, it's not mine, and it's not the 20,000 member one down the street. That ain't it. There's one church, Jesus' church. Each of us have an expression of His church. This is a beautiful expression of the, of the church of Jesus. My 40 people that God has blessed me with on a Saturday night, I mean, it, this looks like heaven here. i got all these people. I'm like, we're taking chairs out. I'm like, my wife and I are like, is anybody coming tonight? I don't know. Is anybody coming? You know, but uh, it, we're an expression of the body of Christ. And whether there's 40 or 5 or 15 or 200, we're all one church. We're just worshiping with a different song, maybe. And here's the other thing. In, a bill, I, in 20 years of ministry um, and having planted in part of 15 churches, I've never done ministry in a church building. It's always been a, a, a you know, warehouse in the middle of somewhere. So to come in here and see stained glass and there's, there's a little bit of holiness in here and reverence and it's like, wow, this is like real church. I like it. So uh, I want to start by just saying thank you. Thank you for who you are as a church and the representation that you have in this city and, uh, and what you're doing. Because you guys also have a church tonight. My other a buddy of mine, Nick, pastors a church, you guys know, on Sunday nights that meets here. So God, then you got this little thing called a school. I mean, this is the most utilized church in America. I love it. Most churches are empty during the week, you know, and Saturday nights and Sunday nights. But your heart for what God's doing is, is huge. And I, I want to take that big, broad picture today, and I, I want to just kind of go, whoa, whittle it right down to you as individuals. I want to, I want to go, I've got some good props here and stuff. I want to go, I'll give you just a little background on myself, because I, I, I like to preach to the lowest common denominator, and don't anybody get worried, because I am the lowest common denominator. So I am a dumb old hockey player. I grew up in California, left home at 16. Uh, went back east and played hockey and, and in college and, and played in the Olympics and played uh, 10 years pro hockey and all over the place. And yes, they are my teeth because I paid for them. <laughs> so they let me keep them. <laughs> um, and it, it, while I was playing hockey, God grabbed a hold of my life. I grew up in the church, um, but he grabbed a hold of my life and changed me forever. And uh, in 1986, uh, 90, excuse me, jeez, 90, 97 when I retired, I went into, uh, 96 because it's 20 years, I went into the ministry, moved to Austin, Texas, and started working in the sports ministry and planting churches, and, and just it's been a crazy, crazy, wonderful ride, and, and again, to bring it all full circle and then land here on Saturday night, it's just, I love God, I love what He does, it's just, gosh, to watch Him. So today, as, as we're talking broad church, I want to bring it down to individual, your life. Because your life matters. 
It counts. Now, I, I usually have something to do slides, but if I go like this, I'm not pointing at you. Should I not do that? How do you, what's the improper way? Don't point at me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for the slides so that, that we can read them. There's this great scripture that we all know in Second Chronicles 7.14. It says this, If my people who are called by my name, we can stop there. I can't go into depth because I, I want to get the point. But literally called by my name, the name of God. You are sons and daughters of the King of Kings. Your name matters. Look, I love as a father of five and, and one grandchild, I love when my children represent my name well. Now, more than likely, the young ones, they don't do it as much as I would like, but when I hear the stories of them representing my name well, and they're, I'm proud to be a blue, and this God that we serve, if my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal the land. Gosh, there's so much. I, I mean, I've, I've been preaching on this for months, literally. But I, I just want to hone in on a little point here. He says this. If you and I will humble ourselves, if we humble ourselves, if we pray and seek the face of God, go after God, if we turn from our wicked ways, if we literally go, okay, I was this, I'm going this way, I can't do that anymore. He says, then he'll hear us and it says he'll forgive our sins. We're sure of that in First John. He's faithful to forgive. But then he says this, I will heal your land. Now there's a large picture there that, 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 that speaks to a natural land that he'll heal. He was talking to the Israelites, correct? But we, again, we take it down to this. He's talking also on a prophetic picture down to your life. The land that you possess, the, the, the life that you live is also what he's talking about. He'll heal it. And there's a reason that he heals it. And I want to go through some of that today. Next slide. Jesus always heals the land so that you will bear much fruit. The reason Jesus heals the land is so that you and I will bear fruit. That fruit will come forth from our lives. So that people, where you live, where you work, where you play, where you do sports, where you go to school, all these places, this fruit will come forth and people will see it and it will glorify the Father. And there will be hope. There will be hope. How do I know this is true? Because the Bible says it says this, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit. Ah, here's, this is key. Fruit that will last. And so whatever, and this is, this is crazy. Now think about it. Whatever you ask in my name, and some of you got some thoughts rolling through your head now because I need a new car. <laughs> Absolutely. I need a new house. We're going to talk about that. He says, <laughs> So whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Fruit of the Spirit. There's fruit that's supposed to come out of your life. Next slide. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For me, I, you know, Pastor, this year has been one of the most difficult years for our family. Crazy year. I, I, you know, uh, I handed off a church that I loved, and, and I heard very clearly that God said, hand this off. Didn't want to. 
built it from by God's grace. Hear me when I say I didn't. By God's grace, we built it from like 17 people and merged another church and beautiful building. Not as beautiful as this, so God is good. Um, and, 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 and last year he said, hand it off. I'm like, why? Why do I have to hand it off? Just mad. Mad at God. Can I be real? Look, God's not shocked by that. He didn't come off the throne right there and go, oh no, our pastor, the pastor was mad at God. In June, I found out, I don't have time to go into all of it, my unbelievably beautiful, wonderful 18-year-old daughter, who's graduating in, in a few weeks, um, just gave me a grandson. Do you not, oh, I heard the O back there. You know I did. Yeah, that's what I said. When she came home and Mom and I are sitting there, it's always the pastor's kids. You guys know that. So wrestling through all this. But there is a, a sense of shame and, oh God, am I really a pastor? Should I be a pastor? Why is my kid? Now, I'm, I'm not going to go into the details of that. God is good. But it's this, okay, hand off a church. Your daughter comes home. I've already got four or five of my own, so add another one. You know, all this. And, 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 and then just the fruit of the Spirit wasn't coming forth. It was anger. Anybody ever been angry? You guys are so much more honest than the people that come to my church. I love it. No, of course we haven't. Gosh, anger is just not a good... It's the opposite of these emotions. And no one wants to eat off of rotten fruit. Have you ever grabbed an apple and you didn't know, or an orange that's real soft, or, or a banana that's bruised, and, and taken a bite out of it? You're just like, oh, you don't even take a bite out of it. You just get rid of it. But there's this rotten fruit in my life. Not the fruit of the Spirit that people want to grab a hold of, but this rotten fruit because of all this stuff going on. And me, personally, not willing, confessions of a, of a bad pastor, not willing to humble myself, turn from my wicked ways, and seek God. All this fruit was dead and ugly. And the Bible says this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. How, how do you get that? It says this in John 15, 4 through 5. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, now he, he, let's, let's just paint the picture. Uh, going through all this stuff. I'm a pastor. Um, I, there was a period of time I, did, I wasn't preaching because I just planted this church. And, 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 and there's this anger and there's all these emotions and all this stuff. And as I start to look back, this verse hits me clearly. I hadn't, I'm not remaining in Christ. What does that mean? I don't know if I want to read my Bible today. Has anybody ever thought that? Well, now you're liars. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. I, I don't, I don't want to pray today. Look where it got me. Look, here's what, it, here's what you get for being a Christian. This whole thing with my daughter comes about because we bring kids into our home regularly and they live with us that are they're down and out having difficult times. And I bring this young man in, God bless him. He was living in an apartment with eight people who got kicked out of two schools trying to help him. This is what you get for being a Christian. Bring him into our house. He lives with us for six months. And next thing you know, next thing you know your daughter is pregnant. 
And you keep it, and I don't go anywhere. And, and, and it's like, God, I don't understand that. So I don't know if I want to read this. God, it doesn't make sense. Why did I have to, why did I have to get hand off my church? I don't want to, I'm sure I want to talk to you right now. I'm, I'm being vulnerable. I, I wouldn't plan on being as vulnerable and honest, but what the heck. I'm already deep in it. Let's keep going. <laughs> You never have me back, I'm sure, but <laughs> gosh. Look, there, there are five remains in this short passage. Five remains. And then he finishes with this, this statement. You can do nothing. Now, here's the problem with that statement. You don't believe it. The Bible clearly says it. The Word is true. The Word of God is true. Sharper than a two-edged sword. It, it, is, it is real, and it says this to you and me. It says you can do nothing apart from Him. And, and I, I'm, I'm wrestling through my life, and I'm like, there's no good fruit. And, and my wife's a little irritated with me. My kids are a little irritated with me. I'm mad at my friends. I'm mad at all, all this stuff. The fruit that's coming forth is just rotten, and no one's eating off of it. I get into it. I, gosh, I move into the house over here. I've got, a, I got a, God, I've got a neighbor who's next door, and I, you know, I got five kids from eight to eighteen. Um, he's a, a, a six-year-old gentleman, great, well, a very good, very clean. You know those guys that are meticulous, type A. Not me. I mean, their yard is just like boom, just tight. You can eat off their garage floor. You know, you drop it. There's no three-second rule. It's a two-day rule there. What is that? Something keeps, sorry. Put it in the back. Okay. Um, so he comes, uh, door, we're eating dinner as a family. Door's knocking. Here's, here's this guy. You may know him because he was over here, so I won't say his name. But so so he's, he's got this branch like this size in his hand, and he's shaking it. Your boys, they tore down my tree and blah, blah, blah. And ever the kids are all in there. This is where I, I was spiritually in, in the state, and, and I'm like, can you prove that? Do you have video or something? Oh, by the way, Jesus loves you? And I start to engage this man. I am certain in my mind one of those rats did it. But I want proof. Don't come over here and make an accusation. I'm in the middle of a nice dinner. He storms away. And uh, I, I, in this time between churches, I'm preaching in another church about loving your neighbors. <laughs> God, has a, gosh, God has a sense of humor. In the middle of the preach, he says, you're such a hypocrite. The Holy Spirit speaks as clear as can be. I'm like, oh, gosh. The fruit is rotten. My neighbors are eating bad fruit. My kids are eating bad fruit. My wife is eating bad fruit. See, the, 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 here's the deal. A branch, look at that, a branch must stay firmly attached to the trunk to stay alive. It has to be, because everything comes out of the nutrients of that, of that vine. If that's remaining. That's what he's talking about, Jesus is talking about. As disciples of Christ, we have to stay firmly, uh, stay, 
it's easy for me to say. Um, we, we must stay firmly connected to Him to remain spiritually productive. Otherwise, we say stupid things to our neighbors. Our wife, our husband, our kids. I know you guys know this. See, when the wind comes, because the Bible says very clearly, it's coming. The storm's coming. You may be in one right now. When the storm comes, if, if you're not connected, I mean, you're, and, and, and the branches, you know, will break off. When we ignore God's Word, when we skip our time of prayer and conversation with God, we withhold areas in our lives. We're like branches broken off. And, and here's what the church looks like, unfortunately. Okay? Is, is this. It's, it's, it's this. Oh, I need Jesus. I need to get saved. I need that ticket to heaven. But God forbid you ask me to come to church every week. Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm not connected to the vine. Oh, Lord, here they go. They're going to ask for an offering again. Oh, yeah, I made a decision for Christ, but I'm not going to stay remain in Him because they just want my money. Oh, you know what? Tough times come along. God, where were you during that time? Oh, yeah, I have a relationship with Jesus, but I, I'm not going to remain. And we have this church in America. I'm generalizing, please. I'm generalizing, so go with me. I can show you statistics in general. We have a church in America that's not connected to the vine. And we got excuse after excuse after excuse. And then what we see here is a couple of branches on this vine. This vine, this Jesus who gives life, who gave His life for you and me, looks bare, not because of Him, because of the church that has a problem with tithing, that has a problem with coming regularly that has a problem with lordship and handing his life over. And I'm going through this thing and I'm realizing that the, the one thing that sustains me in the middle of this storm of my daughter and church and all this craziness is the vine. And I'm hanging over here. Probably none of you guys ever. And I look at the church in America and I know it's not Jesus. Because I've seen the power of His, His Spirit in me. I've watched and, and, and watched His power come on me and others and move and do miraculous. I, I, I know His faithfulness. But the church, she just kind of doesn't buy into the whole thing. And we wonder why. We wonder why. Our neighbors, our co-workers, our friends don't want this Jesus guy. Hmm. What do disciples of Christ need to do? What do I need to do? I need to surrender daily. I've got to die every single day. Mark says, pick up your cross daily. I need daily communication with God to be connected to Him. I need the nutrients that come out, that, that grow, that, that bloom, that bring fruit. I need daily, I put this in because it's really true, sometimes hourly repentance and connection with the Holy Spirit to do what God called me to do, what we were talking about in worship, to be who God has called us to be. 
And every single man and woman in here, every young man, every young woman, God has purpose and destiny and wants fruit to come forth. Why? Well, let me show you. Jesus said this in John 15, You do not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go bear fruit. Fruit that will last. So whatever you ask, there's that scripture we're talking about. Whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Go to the next. So whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. See, when I am, whoa, almost tripped there. When I'm not connected to the vine, I ask for cars. I ask for daughters to be unpregnant. <laughs> Doesn't work. I ask for better jobs. When I'm not connected to the vine, I ask for all this stuff. I ask for my church back. I don't know. But Jesus says, whatever you ask me, what will you ask for? Jesus finishes this whole discourse in John 15, and he says this. Jesus finishes with this. This is my command. Love each other. See, see, when you're disconnected from this vine, there's no fruit coming for, forth from your life. Therefore, there's no ability to love your neighbor, to love your coworker, to love your family members, to love those that are around you. It's impossible because you're disconnected from the one who is love. And the fruit, the bad fruit that goes out is anger, bitterness, unforgiveness. All these stuff that no one's going to eat on. My neighbor does not want to eat a bad banana. See, here's what you'll ask for if you're attached to the vine. See, what you'll start asking for is not the car, but you'll start asking for others. See, when, when we're attached to the vine, when we're attached to the vine, my heart starts to change. I start to see my neighbor in a completely different light. So about a month or two after that, and I'm preaching, and I head right after I head right home, I go and knock on the door and say his name. He just kind of look at we, literally for that month or two, whatever it was, wouldn't I, I, we wouldn't even look at each other. I yelled at my kids, "Don't go past that line. If I see any balls on that side of the line, you're done." Knock on his door and, hey, uh, I need to talk to you. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> this is not going well already. I was wrong. I need to ask your forgiveness. My kids, I'm certain they did that to your tree. I'm sure they've done a few other things. That's probably why you park your car inside the garage now, too. I'm, I'm a pastor. I know you, you know that. And he's like, yeah. I said, but I'm not a real good one. <laughs> In fact, in this last couple months, I've been a terrible one. I've been, and it's not even being a pastor. I said, I've been a terrible Christian. I said, I need to ask forgiveness. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And he said, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I forgive you. Be amazed at how much grace there really is in people who don't know Jesus. If we would just say, I'm sorry, take responsibility. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And all of a sudden, when I said that, 
there's this, this fruit that came forth from my life. When I humbled myself, turned from my wicked ways, God started to heal the land. I started to press into Him and His Word and, and, and conversation. And the anger and the frustration and the hurt and all those things started to go away. And the moment I asked forgiveness, look, this fruit just came forth. And He took a hold of it. I just took a bite. That bite, I don't know, that bite of that fruit is the beginning. Or maybe it's the middle. Paul says some water, some, some uh, sow, but God brings it to fruition. I truly believe that that bite is the beginning of the fruit of this man knowing Jesus. See, God, I'm going to get rid of this now. <laughs> God hears our prayers and He heals us. He wants to heal the land. But it's usually through another person that He meets our needs. You and I are called to be the other person in someone's life. That's why the fruit and, and, and not being cut off from the, the vine where it just looks plain and we can see Jesus, but Jesus uses us as a representation of who He is. And this to the world looks like, well, this man named Jesus, he was a great guy, but all those people he hangs out with, they're nutbags. <laughs> see, the representation that God chose to use was you and me. Blows my mind. He takes an idiot like me. To make a difference in someone's life. See, this is what it's supposed to look like. Our lives. I, I, there, there, there's a, a family that three years ago, uh, their three-year-old son, and they, they go to our church, they're good friends of ours, was uh, climbing up a shelf. Fell on him. Killed him. Three years old. I mean, I did the funeral. It just... And this family... Pressed into God, I would have I would have probably gone here for a while at least. But they went right here and pressed in and pressed in. And this woman, some three years later, and, and this her husband, this woman is speaking to moms that have lost loved ones. She takes the fruit of her relationship with God, of the peace, the fruit that's coming forth in her life is this peace, this hope, this joy, this this contentment. Even having lost a child, and and these mothers and fathers who lose kids are eaten off the fruit of her life all the time. That's what God has called us to. See, there are men and women here that, that there's fruit that is a fruit of patience. And the co-workers are just a mess. And they need to see patience. And they need to see the fruit come forth in your life. And they need to pluck it. And they need to grab it from you. And they need to eat off of it. And know that Jesus is real and there's hope in Him. Good catch. There's fruit that needs to come forth. Come on. Come for oh yeah, you dropped the fruit. Now it's bruised. So sinner, <laughs> sorry. Oh, I'll give you yeah, a softball throw. <laughs> Keep it. There's fruit in your life that God wants to go forth because there's someone, a neighbor, a coworker, a friend, a family member that needs to eat it because it's hope in that fruit, and the hope is Christ Jesus. See, when I, I got away from this, 
was nothing. It was just dead branches. And I was a complete jerk. But when I pressed back in to this Word and Him, these branches started coming out. This fruit started coming out. All of a sudden, two months ago, it's more than that that God spoke to me. I said, it's time to do this again. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this again. I'm not sure I like your people. <laughs> God said, don't worry, I'm not sure they like you. <laughs> and this fruit started to come. And all of a sudden we plant this church and this great opportunity comes out because I'm eating the fruit of your pastor's love and compassion. I'm eating off of your fruit. There's a group of people here that my church is eating the fruit of your love. Oh, it's good. It's good. And, and, and by God's grace, things are starting to... See, here's the reality. Can we go to that last slide? Here, I think I'm over, sorry. Can you, the, yep, there. Here, here, here it is. This is what matters. Why? Why does all this? This why? Why am I here? Why? Why? Relationship and representation. This vertical relationship with God that brings nutrients and brings life, so that I'll be a representation of who He is on this earth. Gosh, it's amazing! What an honor! And it's wrapped up in this: love God, love people. Love God, love people. My challenge to you today is this. Examine the fruit. Is there anything worth eating off it? Is there anything in there that you think someone's going to... Or is it just bruised? If it's bruised, there's hope. And that hope is Jesus. That hope is the relationship. That hope is His Word. That hope is that springs up inside of me because His Word says so. And what He'll do, He'll start working in your life and you will start producing healthy, sweet fruit. And your neighbors, your co-workers, your children, your friends, your family members will start eating. That's what God meant for us to do. He gets the land healthy, your land, so that it will produce fruit so others will know Him. Oh, it's good. So good. But let me say this. Some of you, maybe you're going through a stretch that I went through. Okay, I get it. I get it. But God wants to heal. He wants to heal the land. I want to pray now. I'm going to pray two things. One, for those of you that need a healing in the land. I'm going to pray that God brings a healing. But there's something that you've got to step out and start engaging. And then number two, I'm going to pray for those of you that, 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 that fruit, that you would pray that there would be men and women who would grab that fruit so you could preach the gospel. And it may be just a smile, maybe a hello, maybe a hug, it may be. But literally, that God would use you to reach the lost. That God would use you. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time, for these precious just uh, men and women, God, in this church. I thank you for Pastor Lee's ministry and Eric and all that, all that they're doing. 
God, what a blessing um, they are to this city, that this church is, that these men and women are. God, I pray right now for those who are in that bruised season, Father God, that they've disconnected from the vine. God, I pray that you would speak to them and they would remain in the vine so that you'd bring healing, Father God. And as they sought you in their word, in in your word and, and in prayer, Father God, you'd speak to them. And Lord, I pray for those who are bearing fruit, that Lord, that they would be open so that their neighbors, friends, family, Lord, uh, would, would, would grab a hold of that fruit and have hope and know You, Jesus Christ. God, I thank You for the opportunities that You give us, that You use us, Father God. And Lord, let us ask for lives, for people, for others. Let us ask, God, because Your Word says whatever we ask in Your name, God, we are asking for our neighbors. We are asking for our co-workers. We are asking for our family members that they would know You, Jesus Christ. And that we would be a part of that process. God, I pray a blessing over this church. The men as they're away, bless them and protect them as they come back. Let them be refreshed and have this, God, just a a, a powerful time with you and a word. And Lord, I thank you that that they'll be reunited with their families. Lord, um, thank you for this honor to be able to preach here. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 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 Let's give John a hand and thank him for a wonderful message.